Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Competition never waits. Take your gear on the go with a custom pack built to protect it. Because any place can be an arena. Game on. The Tumi eSports Capsule. Available on Tumi.com and select Tumi stores. My name is David Hanrady and I was just too loud moments ago to actually <laughs> properly start the show. Yes, I am Craig Fitzpatrick. I can't live a lie. Um, but apparently I'm introducing the show because I put together the running order. Dave, yeah. what's going on? What's the show called, Craig? <laughs> <laughs> this is also why I never do the intro. No encore! Woo! Woo! Episode yeah. one to one in a collector series. You did well, though. You also uh, ruined the comic effect joke of introducing me last as a guest who wasn't on the show that oh. we had just said to do off mic. <laughs> hey, it's good. It's fine. But it's very it's warm. It's very, birthday. very warm, yeah. Deserves props. Well, yeah, speaking of true. birthdays, yeah. happy birthday, Colm. Thanks, buddy. Hey, All right, let's never speak of it again. A man who does not like to celebrate birthdays. Uh, <laughs> almost happy birthday, Craig. Thank you, yeah. It'll be almost your thank you. Yeah, it'll be your birthday by the time this episode comes out. No, or, it won't. No, no during no, the episode it's not cycle. Sunday. Yeah, during okay, the cycle. Days away. Days away. And then the big one, guys. A couple weeks away. Forever. <laughs> so, yeah, hello. Uh, we also have our good friend, Dahi O'Droni's back in the studio. Hello, hey. It's good to be here. In Fresh the off the jet. Sweltering heat. We're all in under- underpants here. So fucking warm. Uh, it was 32 degrees today in Shannon, apparently the hottest Irish temperature recorded since 1976. Yeah, no, it's been hot as balls today. It's true. <laughs> I'm looking forward to going down to Malahide for the day for the cricket tomorrow. <laughs> oh my God. Tremendous. Well, I get sunstroke. Check I would say that, like, after that one. Yeah, you'd have to be like open sunlight for like. I presume long I'm going to be time. out there like Shane Warren with like a full nose full of zinc. <laughs> you and need all like the rest an old fashioned parasol. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because the people behind me will love that. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Doc and I just got here. Yeah, it was very exciting. Just yeah. got here. We we ran from the airport. It was very very. Exciting. We were on our holidays. <laughs> we were on tour. 
You've got a passport now, Dave. And I used it, man. <laughs> we christened it. the passport. I think was, that was that was the main aim beforehand that we had to go somewhere. So we went to Amsterdam and we were there for the last three days. <laughs> mm-hmm. and we had a very good time. Awesome nice. fucking city. Really, really yeah, nice. That's great. Yeah. You were in museums, checking out the culture. We went to museums. We hung out with a few people. Uh, I guess friends of the show. Now we hung out with uh, Sean Covina. Sean Covina. That's yeah, a, that's his first name and his artist name. That's right. And okay. Edo from Wounds and Edo, James. Edo and James from Wounds, Dublin rock band Wounds. Uh, they were there with us, and they were very good hosts and friends. So they're just friends at a show now. Is that what happens? That's it's what just I like, said okay. I would do. Yeah. All right, so fair I, enough. Well, here I am. So, Welcome. Yeah, yeah, it, it was really, really fun. Uh, awesome city. Get your bearings quite quickly, as Dahi pointed out. Dahi's also a whiz with the old Google Maps. So we're, Google Maps is a fantastic invention. I cannot, I cannot stress enough how a, a great Google Maps is. A whiz with the Google Maps. Like, what very, does that even mean? I'm really good at finding Google Maps. With Google Maps. Yeah, yeah, it's called Google Maps. Look, That's I can't say it it's all my skills. I do use tools that other people have invented. Like, uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Great city. Yeah, it was gorgeous. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah. Great time. And we went over there to see Nine Inch Nails play yes. a live pop concert, which we'll review later in the show when we also review their new album, Bad Witch. But that's later in the show. I've missed a lot of the World Cup. Mm-hmm. And I've missed some shockwaves, apparently. Germany or Germany gone. out, yeah. yeah. Germany down. Yeah, complete with my 20 euros from our pool. Oh, um, yeah. Their first time ever not making out of groups. Well, no, is, since 1938. I don't count. They so took that one well, so... We'll see what happens. Is that actually true? Yeah, it actually is true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was their first ever World Cup, and it's the only other one that oh they didn't make it out God. of the group. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> keep an eye on that one, I suppose. Um, they went out at the expense of uh, Sweden, which was uh, the source of great delight at home, and uh, I'm sure it will be the source of great excitement when uh, Yoni Hansen himself, my Swedish father-in-law-to-be, will be in town here on Monday for their se- second round game. Oh, wow. Yes. That's awesome. Yoni. That'll be crack. Very, very good. Any yeah. other business, boys? Uh, Dahi went to Body and Soul and played at it. Oh, I yes, did. indeed. I, I, heard, I heard it went very well. Uh, yeah, it went great. Uh, at the start, uh, my laptop got so warm that it actually started to overheat, so like the entire sound kind of came down once or twice, which was, was quite that, stressful. Was that the or was it your hot, hot beats? Uh, it was the the hot, hot beats. <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah. We were banging out the tunes. It was one of the kind of the first main, it was like our third time doing this full live show with uh, a whole pile of buddies right. and Sinead White singing the whole way through so uh, the lads really brought it and it was like incredible and we had this really really huge crowd as well so um, yeah it was fantastic and the whole festival was one of the best years ever for Body and Soul I realised as I was there that I've been to every single one of them now All right. and Chambers. it's coming up on the 10th one is next year I think um, and basically it just was absolutely incredible the weather like really really um, brought everybody's spirits up I guess you could yeah. say um, and John Hopkins was absolutely unbelievable as well was if only we were all good friends a few years earlier and you could have managed Dave through his Anna's mirror oh yeah yeah if you hadn't right. fucking been there okay, <laughs> you weren't there it's as bad as weather as you're ever going to get for two and a half days but it was utterly utterly despondent it's too yeah, warm you, it's too wet you got your you aura rain, cleansed you know? didn't you what you got your aura cleansed I had Reiki done Reiki. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 20 year I'll never see you again uh, it's so like watching Germany in the World Cup mate. Well, I will say the only thing more depressing to me than that festival experience was uh, the words that have sent a chill down my spine in the last hour Drake double album yeah oh 25 tracks I'm not listening to it I'm not reviewing <laughs> it I'm not what? reviewing it I'm, that's the big one that's I'm not next doing week it. mate I'm not the doing it one. that's gonna be a huge <laughs> news story and it's it's it finally this massive thing of like you know Kanye's doing the 7 album and he's doing the 25 album well yeah. listen let's not speculate too much about it by the time this pod drops it will be out so presumably wait we is can, it uh, 
Uh, it is it's tomorrow, it's isn't tomorrow, it? Tomorrow, yeah. So God. yeah, we have to do you it. Like I think we'll what else is there tomorrow? We'll have gorillas? time to form <laughs> our opinions. Like. <laughs> no, one are definitely reviewing that album. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, hang on, can we do a situation where executive, executive decision? decision. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. What if we have you a thing where like are. I review one side of it? <laughs> <laughs> side I'm not doing both. I'll take a side. You take a side. There's a hip hop album and a rap album. Apparently, that brings out a whole new meaning of like some of the titles. Some of the titles look like genuine parodies of Drake song titles. I'm upset. Final Fantasy, which I'm hoping is about Final Fantasy VII remakes or something like that, you know? Oh, there's some great ones, yeah, definitely. Okay. Um, emotionless should be good. <laughs> Can't take a joke. Can't take a Can't joke. Can't take a joke. I'm yeah. hoping that would be the good one. He is a fucking joke. <laughs> oh. 25 songs. Yeah, I know. You're not M83, mate. Think of those streaming numbers he's going to do. with that amount of tracks that was actually any good? A double album. Yeah. Uh, I have two words for you, my friend. Stadium Arcadium. <laughs> oh, a little wow. album from Red Hot Chili Peppers. Um, That's the only one that one I get to think of. 69 Love Songs, good. Magnetic Fields. I'd like to point out uh, for anyone who didn't make up my sarcasm that I was taking the piss there. Uh, M83's album is pretty good, but it'd be better if it, was, if it wasn't a double album. That's the thing, To answer yeah. your question. Yeah. <laughs> like, Most double albums would be. Very yeah. few of them work. Hmm. There, there, there are exceptions. I don't think Drake's album's got to be one of them. But we'll, Green, get, we'll talk. Did Green Day do a triple album? Or was it three albums as part of a trilogy? Or something? It was a trilogy. It was Uno Dos Tres, wasn't it? Yeah. Or Trey, or whatever. Yeah, really, really, oh, okay. really captured his like guy's moment. <laughs> Speaking of, Donald Glover. <laughs> hey. and, and This Is America. Let's remind ourselves of probably the biggest song of the year so far. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Look how I'm living now. Police be tripping now. Yeah, this is America. Bit of a tune. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of it. A lot of a tune. Loses, a a loses tune. power when divorced from the incredible visual. Totally does, actually. I th- I've, the more and more I listen to it, I quite like it, but it's, yeah. Well, hang on. It, it, does, it, it loses a lot of context, I think. Tell you what, let's see if it can stand up on its own again. Just, l- let's just listen to it again. <laughs> my nigga, I'm young with no barriers, so if you owe me money, just... Police killed my best friend, they shot him dead. I do not forgive, I do not forget. My life is a cliff and I'm by the ledge. And in less than a moment, a lot is said. But if you don't know me, do not allege. The thoughts in my head, you cannot arrest. I see that as a promise and not a threat. I don't answer my phone... Oh, hang on a minute. <laughs> That's a different Black song altogether. That That's a different song altogether. <laughs> Yeah, what you just heard was American Pharaoh by rapper Jace Harley, a track from 2016. And uh, yeah, it has come to everybody's attention that, um, yeah, the quite a lot really was before they. 2018. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, your basic maths and uh, some basic sonic comparison yeah. has led to people uh, saying that Donald Glover is guilty of, well, just ripping off. Dave, uh, I've used your own Joe words. You in did, this I know. It's, it's in the to, running yeah. order. Yeah, I wrote this story on Monday. I didn't break the story. No, you but were I, one of the first off. I was one of yeah. the first off. I, I like I had it online before Pitchfork did and various others, and it wasn't just because of time difference, was it? Um, uh, how, did it how did it come out? How was it? Like uh, it developed on Reddit. Dude on Reddit. Yeah, Reddit, and then Genius wrote a thing on it. Now, incidentally, I, first I saw didn't. It on Kanye to I didn't see. Yeah, I, 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 I didn't see it there. Someone in work sent me the YouTube link, which I guess his friend had seen this on Reddit right, right, or whatever. Right, right. And I was listening to it, and I was like, "Well, blow so me!" So was already hitting the WhatsApp groups. Then is what you're I was, saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, dude, lighting up the, the front WhatsApp. of news. I was getting messages <laughs> from people going, "Have you heard about this thing?" And I'm like, "I'm writing a story on it right yeah. now." Yeah. And can I just say, yeah, I wrote it for Joe.e and it was a uh, you know like if, if just not to toot my own horn, but it was uh, the most consistently read story that day on the website. Good job. Uh, and I also got to get some of my own patented Dave Hand. 
Ayn Rudy snark into the piece when four paragraphs in, I noted that This Is America video was a huge victory for people pleased with themselves for understanding basic symbolism. <laughs> I love it when he reads his own work. <laughs> <laughs> so, But back to the songs themselves. Um, yeah, I was kind of like, I was shocked and appalled when I heard because they're very, very similar in very, so very many, similar. many ways. Yeah. Like, it's not just certain elements that you're like, oh, yeah. Massive coincidence, it's a lot of the song's construction from... Cadence, flow, cadence delivery, flow, lyrical content. The switch up, the contrast, the yeah, lyrical content. The, the rhythm, the build, the kick in. <laughs> yeah. um, it, it, like, but it would surprise me so much if he actually, if they actually went and found that track and went, oh my god, this is a great track, we should just totally copy it. There's definitely, I, I don't know, it's really strange. Yeah, I, I mean, look, Harley's kind of said himself that, you know, like, it's... To, very normal to kind of you know like dig into the crate as he mm-hmm. says literally you know just grabbing records and spinning them and seeing if you get ideas and sure it, you have to presume they took mine out of that crate at some point um the thing is that like this is a genre in which kind of sampling and mm-hmm. so on is very common it, it, like it's quite different to say like you know sam smith and tom petty or something yeah. Yeah. lips and uh cat stevens yeah exactly oh, yeah, God, it, yeah. There, there isn't really a kind of a, a sampling culture in those genres as there is when it comes to hip-hop so in many ways i suppose like donald glover's probably guilty of bad form rather than sort of some well i mean it's not even really sampling culture is it it's just like the idea for a track he's been like well this will work with my name attached to it i think and a much bigger production value and a gigantic like zeitgeist defining video uh, their defense yeah. is their defense is really strange. Their as well, defense is oh, so Fam, Fam manager, Rothstein, yeah. Yeah. Fam Rothstein, uh, Charles Gambino's manager, went on Twitter in a now deleted tweet, which was it was an aggressive enough one. The internet is a place of no consequences, Dave. <laughs> he also took a shot at a, a white bloggers, white bloggers who yeah. can write whatever they want, and I felt personally attacked by that. But as, as <laughs> you Cullen, don't even have a blog. As Colin points out, I'm not a blogger; I'm a journalist. So, uh, <laughs> so, so, uh, so you've just talked yourself out of a point, which he's known to do. I think the takeaway is that I. That I got away with that one. <laughs> Fam Rothstein won't be coming for me. But he basically said, um, the, uh, this is America's three years old, uh, predating this song conveniently by one year, and we have the Pro Tools files to prove it. But th- th- that's a really strange thing to say, it though, really because is, you, yeah. could, you could have the name of a song called This Is America and have that work. Now, obviously, I don't know the full the full background of stuff, yeah. but like, that is a really weird thing to say because you could have a project file that you've been working on and then completely reset it or do something completely different later on. Yeah. Like, there's no, that's not really a defense unless he actually backs it up with this thing going like, well, look, these are the samples we've used. This is what it sounded like in whatever year. But uh, it just really, well, like, it's a very strange one. Well, he then deleted it, which means somebody presumably pointed out to him the flaws in the argument. And to, so to, like a to Harley's credit, uh, he's playing the game very well. He put up an Instagram post because like, initially... Oh, yeah. Uh, it's that thing of like you know his most recent Instagram post before this was just a photograph of him and it was it blew up of course and all the comments are like go get that money Gambino ripped you off and he was responding to people kind of individually and saying stuff like oh like you know they're they're very similar like like um, if, if my thing influences that's amazing uh, you know like it'd be nice to get a shout out I'm not looking for money and he also said something to the effect of he goes you know like we need to work together like me and this guy have the same viewpoints especially in in, in, in America where yeah. people are disenfranchised and treated badly we, we all need to be part of one family that came as part of a second post when he kind of addressed the situation and again his whole like you know make love not war thing uh, I think it was you talking a higher end, I think, yeah. but you're like mm-hmm. you know you're like even if he isn't it's still a, the public face of this is like he couldn't have played this one better mm-hmm. oh yeah. it's great yeah because if he if he tries to fight it he immediately like loses it suddenly becomes a battle with much loved Donald Glover yeah with yeah, this yeah. it's like okay huge exposure his stuff is really good by the way I've been checking out American Heat and another one which is fantastic and like he's clearly just saying yeah I really like Childish Gambino blah 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 so that totally opens up that fan base to loving his stuff and and what's more as we kind of said at the top of the show that like you know the the visuals uh, for 
this is America. The whole sort of like yeah, know, yeah. cultural oh, you moment can't take away that it represents as a complete yeah, work, yeah. Appear to be pretty petty if you were railing against all of that. Of course, on uh, the basis of yeah. the beat, Glover so. has yet to comment himself. He was off making some satirical uh, video with Rashida Jones, I believe. Yep. Yeah, um, it's for the there. Times Up uh, movement. Um, basically, just a PSA thing with a slight kind of humorous yeah, twist. Yeah, kind on of this. a slightly funny, slightly serious cartoon. Well, hang on, the question thing. I want to ask before we move on is: I mean, What song is better out of the two of them? I'm going to go with American Pharaoh. Really? Yeah, really? I think it's a better song. I know, I think. Yeah, I think, I think. well, obviously, lyrically, American Pharaoh is way better, but I think the point, kind of, of This Is America was to not rely too heavily on lyrics. I feel like really? the refrain melody is better in This Is America. And again, I can't divorce it from the video, which just makes the whole thing, so... Um, Great efforts from both. But, like, Don Glover has a bit of form for this kind of thing. Like, some of his fans didn't seem too surprised. There was a whole thing around Redbone, wasn't there, where he, it was kind of a Bootsy Collins thing. Yeah, they yeah. eventually gave credit. Okay. And then there's another kind of, the melody was also somewhere else. And I think, like, Snoop had a similar song. And yeah. He, yeah so I just don't been, understand why somebody at his caliber wouldn't kind of go, this song is amazing. Can we use the samples? Yeah, like, I just, know. It's such a sm- it's minor such thing. A simple yeah. thing. Can we, or can we like, credit you as a songwriter on it or something? Yeah. Like, so, so the fact that they're coming out so much heavily in defense of everything makes me think, like, what's going on? Like, yeah. there has to be something different. Was there shady like, could it be like- that like some producer or something produced this thing, copied it, didn't tell them, and kind of went, "Yeah, this is my own fucking work, yeah. and I'll send it on." It's it's really interesting. I don't know. We'll see how it plays out. Anyway, uh, in the meantime, on to some other uh, news stories from the week. Um, Joe Jackson down. <laughs> The father of music legends, <laughs> Michael and Janet Jackson, has died aged 89. Well, this is the thing. An awful lot of coverage uh, of his death has been, shall we say, not exactly of the grieving kind. The Guardian described him as the most, one of the most monstrous fathers in pop. There have been a lot in, of them, in, in fairness. In <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, there's a list I want to read on Joe Daddy. <laughs> the 17 most monstrous, most fathers, monstrous of fathers of pop. I would watch that. Yeah. I'll work on it. I'll see what I can do. <laughs> yeah, uh, the New Yorker went with the twisted legacy of Joe Jackson. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, very kind of august publications um, not exactly paying respect. Why do people think this for anyone who does not know? Oh well um, obviously Joe Jackson is famous for making his brood of kids very famous with the Jackson 5 and then of course Michael Jackson Um, the way he kind of got him to the top though was very kind of questionable just allegations throughout all the years of him being um, an awful awful father, um, really strict disciplinarian, uh, doesn't even scratch the surface. Hmm. Uh, Michael when he was alive talked about how terrified he was his father just you know um, I, I think Joe himself admitted to whipping him and kind of beating him and stuff in the past but, but this I laugh it's dark it's dark but Joe said no he didn't beat him yeah, he whipped, whipped him, him yeah. with yeah. a switch Big and a belt yeah. but you beat someone with a stick yeah yeah <sighs> Amazing. Like, so, sorry, sorry, I never actually beat it. Yeah. Sorry, actually. Is this the right time for me to say that when that weekend song came out a while ago? Uh, was it the one that I realized that I forget the, the name of? Go uh, on. It's Call Out My Name or something. Oh, yeah. The yeah. reason I'm getting confused is because that film that, you know, The Lighthouse kept showing for like 17 months. Uh, the Army Hammer Timothy Chalamet movie oh yeah Call Me me By by Your Name name. the point is the first the top comment was this song hits harder than my father's belt (laughs) YouTube comments are not normally good for gold but that one kind of stopped me in my tracks yeah Joe Jackson seemed like a scumbag and what a shock he managed to live until 89 years of age yeah and it was just the secret is it (laughs) it is yeah beat your children it was interesting the the New York beat your children if you have children (laughs) it's not advocating if you you have children uh, no encore I don't think we have that level of influence over our listeners they also should be listening to the show thank god yeah yeah 
<laughs> like the New Yorker piece opened with, um, or actually I've just included a passage that said Jermaine, one of his sons, said that Jackson had been ill for a while and was refusing visits from most members of his immediate family. If that sounds uncommonly cruel, it's in keeping with Jackson's reputation as a figure. Um, so yeah, basically, even till the end, um, he just wasn't seeing his kids. I kind of respect that a little bit, though. I respect that <laughs> because I feel like that's like sticking to your guns. <laughs> you know, like you're, you're, a final lesson you're for not, his, yeah. de- Defiance, Craig. Defiance is a, a character trait that we could do more of in this day and age, yeah. I would say. I respect it almost as much as Craig skillfully uh, oh, yeah, just I, aborting I that bailed. quote when he saw the word vituperative coming up and just said, no, <laughs> not having that, lads. Uh, what's that word again, please, Colin? Vituperative. No encore word of the day what's is... His, uh, what does vituperative mean? Oh, I mean, you've got to <laughs> presume that it means a bit of a... Vindictive, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. That. Yeah, yeah, and kind New of unforgiving. And it's New Yorker, Yorker, New Yorker talk for it. Like, you just know like someone, someone wrote, like, mean, and they're like, we can do better than that. <laughs> yeah, we're the New Yorker. <laughs> we're the New Yorker. <laughs> the sub-editor is just stepping it up a notch. New York magazine. Like, yeah. We're the New Yorker. Yeah. Uh, elsewhere, uh, the Kings are back. Ray Davies has said that they are going to be making their first new album in 25 years for yeah. a Cork resident, Ray <laughs> really? Davies. Yeah, married a Cork girl. Oh, okay. Really? okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And he's living um, in Cork. Yeah, I, I met his uh, godson once. Oh, you said this played before. Played his guitar. Yeah. You played his guitar. Yeah. It? Ray Davies' guitar was in the house. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. That's cool. Um, this the is big news for I me. <laughs> I mean, yeah, probably do people care anymore? The fact that they haven't done a record together for 25 years and they there was such animosity in the bill. Like, they were the original, like, Gallagher brothers before, you yeah, know, sure. before the Gallagher's. Yeah, yeah. Um, just kind of crazy stuff going on between them. And drummer Mick Avery, who is <laughs> I was about to say, yeah. By all accounts. So, um, at least the rest of Oasis generally had the good sense to stay out of the way like yeah you didn't exactly see, like, yeah, I'm and Bona getting stuck in like yeah. um but the kings i mean one of the great bands um i don't know how excited i am about new material but it's kind of nice if their story like if the final act of their story as a band is them coming back together and probably falling apart actually in a, <laughs> this probably won't That's end with a run. yeah i'm just being way too optimistic about this now they'll have another falling out i walked over there to check my phone because i've no interest in the kings <laughs> You're an absolute disgrace. Why? The Kinks, Waterloo Sunset, for one. It's a good song. Okay. Uh, I did not think that 200,000 Australian dollars would buy you uh, um, an above life size statue in bronze, but apparently it does. And in Australia, that money will be used to build a statue of Nick Cave in a loincloth on a rearing horse. For a man who's always like styled to the nines with suits, this feels like a slap across the face. Well, he's <laughs> yeah. described as a rather beautiful piece of homoerotic art. Slap um, across the face. Yeah, he's all for it. I think he wanted the line cloth. I, it might I, have been I, a suggestion. The story I heard about about this story was that he had said it as a joke at one point. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I, th- I think it's he, or at least the band, uh, the bad suits and Nick uh, bumped into a sculptor um, after mm. a gig in London. Yeah, yeah, yeah And totally. joked about this sometime in the mid nineties, and yeah, it now seems to be coming to fruition. Uh, crowdfunding uh, calls will be started this August and if it succeeds it will it will totally succeed yeah of course it will yeah then the <laughs> town of Warwick Nabil yeah Warwick Nabil Warwick Nabil yeah uh, two and a half thousand Ab- Ab- people Nabil's living brother, there actually, by the way yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah it was where he was born and spent what a few months <laughs> before he left oh, okay but I think the only other thing they have going for them is an agricultural machinery museum so this is going to be great for the town um, and yeah best wishes to them they note that uh, Nick Cave was working on the screenplay for the film The Proposition at the time which came out in the mid 2000s interesting bit of trivia about that film it's very good <laughs> is that the trivia? Yeah. Okay, cool. Really good film. 
Noted. If you like, if you like your bleak westerns, has he done any other like screenplay work? He wrote novels a fucking screenplay for Gladiator Two. He did actually, yeah. And did you know this? No, there was some like, mad was he stuff in to? it, wasn't there? I think he might have been asked, but basically in the script, Maximus, like who, of course, spoiler alert for a film from 18 years ago, dies at the end of the first yeah. film. Um, and if you look, uh, okay, here's an actual bit of trivia. Gladiator is notorious for having tons of gaffes. Like you can see, like a guy wearing a fucking wristwatch like in the one of the swords scenes. Swords are bending. The swords and shit. are bending. Yeah. The, it's like the a Triple H sledgehammer. Yeah, totally. Yeah, <laughs> and you have the thing at the end where like Maximus dies in the Colosseum after uh, defeating Commodus, but Commodus had given him a mortal imagery or imagery, uh, imagery. mortal imagery, the best metal band that never was <laughs> injury beforehand. But basically, like when it cuts back to Russell Crowe, like you see him lying on the ground, and all of a sudden he's got a suspiciously pillow-shaped bit of sand beneath his head, <laughs> like really bad, like. Robert Nero and Casino turning into dummy levels of bad. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so Nick Cave wrote this script, which I think you can read online if you want to, and it's basically about Maximus fighting at his way out of hell. It's basically God of War before God of War oh, okay. came out. So, cool. Do you think he got like a commission to write this screenplay? He was like, I don't really want to go with this, I'm just going to go as crazy as possible and just... He knew this was never going to be made. I remember well, no, him. I would say so. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but again, would you ask Nick Cave to write the screenplay if <laughs> I think you wanted be- a by the book Hollywood yeah. say sequel? Die, Die Hard whole, Six, written by Nick Cave. Wasn't yeah. there a whole thing that they wanted Russell Crowe back somehow? Mm-hmm. And it was basically what, like, oh, I love it's Nick either, Cave. It's either this or we yeah. asked the entire roster of the New South Wales Waratahs or whatever <laughs> to write it for. Honestly, him, yeah. I would, I, I would have loved to have seen that film, and I still would. Well, get crowdfunding, people. Um, yeah. Like, make it happen. We've got two crowdfunding. So. It's time for that musical sting that we love to love. Woo! What? What? Shut up. Craig on Kanye. Craig on water. <laughs> It is so warm. Yeah, so Kanye got the New York Times treatment. Um, a very good piece, I thought. Um, he opened up um, about Wyoming, um, about his kind of mental state, about everything, really, about Trump. There were some really choice quotes. I thought it was well written. I thought he was given a fair shake. Um, it definitely has that feel of a, the, the Kanye stream of consciousness thing in parts as oh, well. Oh, hugely, just, yeah. Like, just some great in, quotes like, on just it. Just consistently talking until some sort of point comes out kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, when it opens with Kanye arriving back to his gaff and Tony Robbins is in like the living room waiting <laughs> yeah. to stage something of an intervention, I think. And I getting would run just, out of the house screaming. Yeah, so would I. That would be like He'd love that. Me. Tony Robbins would encourage you. He'd, he'd run after you. Let it all Let out. It all out. Let it all yeah, out. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let them hear it. Up and down on a trampoline or something. <laughs> yeah, it was from this interview that we learned that um, up until eight days before the release of Yay, he hadn't written any of the lyrics and he still had time to check out Deadpool 2 twice. Um, Most people kind of guessed anyway. Yeah, right? it makes like sense to me. Yeah, yeah. The proposition, can you? It's a better film than Deadpool 2. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I enjoy his quote about being cancelled where he said, you know, I set the, I like, I, I'm cancelled because I didn't cancel Trump. I set the video game on the hardest setting possible, the most hate possible. Yeah, uh, and he says, "I believe in the court of public opinion that that thought has to change," which I would agree. Yeah, it's hard to believe that that cancelled phrase has actually come into cancel culture is an actual phrase. thing. Yeah. Like, it's unbelievable and like, it's gross. Because like I, when I came up on Twitter, I was like, "Yeah, okay, I get this," but I didn't realize it was going to be an actual thing. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, it, it clearly doesn't work, as like the piece itself points out. Because I mean, most of the well, at least his album and Kidsy Ghost topped the Billboard charts and mm-hmm. sold really well, relatively speaking. Now, so you know what goes on on Twitter is a really small mic- microcosm of. You know, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, mean, like it, it's never 
never going to actually succeed in fully cancelling something. It's, no, <laughs> no, 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 no it's, it's not. It's, it's going. It's You've going to succeed canceled. in just fracturing <laughs> yeah. opinion and like polarizing it more. That that's the, high, what the more higher profile a person and the more higher profile their crimes, whether it's a Kanye for speaking out too much and saying dumb shit, or a Harvey Weinstein for being a fucking scumbag. Yeah. It will have a knock-on effect in it reaching mainstream media and that kind of stuff, and even broadsheet media. But for the most part, like we just you know we cancel people because they fucking I don't know released a bad album. Yeah, you know, yeah. Drake, Drake yeah. is cancelled basically. Like, <laughs> is what just we, somewhere around the seventeenth track. <laughs> I mean, it is hard to believe that is even Drake is hiding a child and he's not cancelled. <laughs> you so, are hiding I mean, a you child. Know. <laughs> Someone uh, who didn't quite cancel Kanye West but has criticised him on a couple of occasions yeah. is our boy. Your boy. Trent Reznor. Dolly's boy now, I think, after I think was, last yeah, night's pop concert, which we'll get to. Yeah, uh, he had a go at Kanye uh, talking about ripping off um, his stage production uh, for his tour. Um, he said, you know, that their use of screens and experimental production techniques um, have sort of been optioned, I suppose, by Kanye in the weekend or who he singles out, but yeah. uh, now says that everyone's at it. Um, this is a strange one, and obviously I am the Nine Inch Nails fanboy in the room, but I will say that, like, you know, while Nine Inch Nails have exceptionally dynamic productions, no matter what you do, and when we get to the live review, we'll kind of c- compare and contrast recent ones that I've seen both of. Um, I mean, Reznor himself was very upfront about basically saying, look, we're ripping off David Byrne here and talking heads for the last tour in 2013 when they had that cool thing where, like, the show would start off yeah. and people would come out one by one and they built it to this bigger thing. Reznor called it a homage, but he was very much like, yeah, I mean, like, that's what we're doing. This is what inspired me. So it's a strange one for him to kind of go and then throw a bit of a stone in the glass house here. Yeah, it is odd because, like, also, within... Sorry, go so, but, but I guess, like, Kanye's floating stage thing, if that's what he's referring to, or even, like, the light shows or the weekend and that kind of stuff... I mean, that's just really good, like, you know, like, inspiration and influencing, isn't it? I mean, like, like I'd rather a Kanye Western weekend show look incredible, even yeah. if it was, like... Completely, yeah. And like, it's, like, there's a common denominator, which is, like, this production designer, Martin Phillips, who did, like, stuff with, you know, Daft, Daft Punk's Punk Pyramid, Pyramid and stuff yeah. like that. So it's like, well, it's kind of his idea, Trent, you know, True, yeah. for his various clients. Um, Plus as well, I mean, you know, like, there's one thing if you're sort of disputing, now, for instance, if somebody comes out with, like, you know, the kind of the floating stage or something, you'll say, okay, that's a bit too Kanye, isn't it? You know, or if someone's out drumming in a cage, you'll be like, oh, well, there's Tommy Lee. Yeah. But, you know, if your if your issues... <laughs> drumming on a roller coaster. No, no, no. <laughs> but if, if your issues are, as he's saying himself here, like, you know, they all have video screens behind them yeah. and convenient lighting and you're like I don't think you can copyright surely this that's not Nails. Yeah, surely yeah. that was just technology moved forward yeah, like, you know, yeah. I know the, the, this entire kind of interview does feel like this thing where I presume Trent Dresner knows that if he says stuff like this it brings yeah. up of course new album to promote he had a go at Taylor Swift he seems to be really skilled at doing this particular thing which is like getting people to talk about something based on he, like, yeah, he reminds me of Marilyn Manson in, some way, in that kind of way where Completely, he doesn't do yeah. the Who totally mates, sh- right? they know yeah, each other yeah. quite well he doesn't mm-hmm. do the totally well, shocking things but yeah but he does he goes another way with just knowing exactly how to play the kind of press game and just yeah So I mean you think about all the artists that he mentions there oh yeah yeah Taylor Swift, Kanye, Kanye, right? Uh, the Cure. He's bigging up Donald like, Glover in there. He's a huge fan of Donald Glover. Yeah, Atlanta fan. He's literally just like wrote, wrote yeah. uh, searched on Google, just like the most popular artist right now that everybody's talking about, and then make sure is to get them in. Well, every to be fair, I interview. think with the Donald Glover one, I mean, like it's legit. And Reznor never fucking tweets ever, but he tweeted about this as America when it came out and said he watched like five times in a row or something. Yeah, and he thinks it's genuinely. He's been talking about it in a lot of different. Yeah, it's given him hope for like a creative future and like you know things aren't like the bar. He keeps. You reckon he's devastated at the news? 
<laughs> Maybe he hasn't seen it yet. And the reason he hasn't seen it yet is because we saw him. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's how it well, works, and but nonetheless. to never look at Donald Lurie. <laughs> he, he, he was busy. There's these two Irish guys in the crowd, and yeah. I, just, I just don't want to look busy, at Donald Lurie. I'm getting at. Before I we get to the, album, the gig. Yeah, okay, well, I mean, like, I, I'd rather Dahi tell us about the gig, because, I mean, like, what a shock, I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I had seen I had seen Nine Inch Nails uh, once before a couple of years ago in Primavera, and while it was really really good, I kind of wasn't paying a huge amount of attention because there was a lot of stuff going on with the festival and everything. There was loads of stuff going around. Um, so this time around, actually seeing it in what was it an incredible venue? What was the name of the venue again? Uh, AFAS Live. AFAS Live. It was like a large Vicar Street, basically. It was described to us on the way over beforehand. I, I met uh, Derek Robertson, who's the editor for Drown and Sound these days. Lovely, lovely man. I'd only known him from you know my Drown's End dealings but we hung out with him a little bit and he noted I was like what's this venue going to be like and he was like it's a, a corporate soulless husk of a building and that, it kind of is that sounds great though that's, so that's, the that's point, exactly like, where yeah. you want to yeah, see yeah. he wants an empty room so that you can he put said, whatever he said the sound it. is good though and it was but yeah, yeah but also uh, Colin you would hate this they had like a token situation for beers yeah, they, oh yeah, yeah they loved that rubbish uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I've, well. I've been to gigs and festivals in Holland and Belgium as well they're big for it's such a scam it's such a scam I mean, like, you know what? It's actually, it's fine. It makes perfect sense if it's a festival or if it's, like, you know, even a day-long event or something like that. Yeah. Well, I can like imagine, yeah, when it's one night, it's like, why bother? Mm. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, I mean, so in terms of the show, uh, it was a very simple square box that just had really, really good sound. And then for them, they, and I think he mentions this in probably that interview that we just read, right? Sure. That uh, he he was saying that he, he kind of almost took a strip-back approach. Like, the, the production for it was just like a boatload of strobes above him, below him, all over the fucking place, all below the band, their entire like risers had strobes underneath them and then just copious amounts of smoke and then every so often they would hit these like uh, lights that were um, on the audience side facing the band and they would use the illumination to illuminate the back and just, it was just so very simple but really, really, really worked. Like it, it just really suited the type of music that was there. It really, really kind of got people excited when it needed to be done. So the actual production level was incredible and just really, really masterly stroked, really, really done. Um, and then, um, I mean, I guess, like, I, I wouldn't listen to a huge amount of Nine Inch Nails, and by any time that I've tried to listen to Nine Inch Nails before, the live show is completely different. Like, it is way, way, way better than their, their actual recordings, in my opinion. <laughs> their actual like, music. <laughs> their, actual, their actual recorded music, in my mind. Do you like, mean in terms of, like, getting something from it? Like getting I, I mean in terms of actual sound, in terms of actual <laughs> production, in, sense, in terms of how it feels, like... I mean, there's uh, there's obviously always been like kind of electronic elements to it, but the electronic elements seem to be like the bedrock of the entire thing for this show. And the, like, I mean, obviously the guitars come front and center and everything, but like all the bass, all the synth stuff was the stuff that rattles your chest. And it yeah, was just, yeah. it was absolutely incredible. Like I'd never, I, I've never seen anything like it. It was, it was absolutely amazing. Like I was in my element, and so was so was Dahi over here. It was <laughs> cool. Really, they played a 21 song set, and like the first like handful. Where like there was a couple of classics sprinkled in, like it was, and I was just like, oh my god, I can't believe they're playing this. Uh, so yeah, for fans especially, it was a real fucking a proper proper treat. Very very cathartic, very very life affirming. I mean, much like with the Kids See Ghosts album recently, this was something that I desperately needed to kind of feel, and I did. It was great. I mean, my only kind of criticism, I suppose, would be that like I could have done without the people behind me uh, tr- tunelessly trying to sing along to Hurt at the end, but, <laughs> but, that, but that's gonna happen because it's, yeah, hurt. it's called a concert. Like, yeah. like you're, you're gonna As opposed to, to Trent tunelessly tunelessly singing. Her. Oh, oh, well, uh, it's well, a good song. Well, how better to segue into our album of the week? <laughs> well, Craig, you're the host this week, so why don't you do it? <sighs> this is Shit Mirror. Oh, 
And that was Shitmere taken from Bad Witch, which is an album, not an EP, um, which we're promised. It's, yes, it's, well, we discussed this before, yeah. It's um, quite slight, uh, 30 minutes, but I guess he took a, a leaf out of Kanye's book. Six tracks, though. Six, six tracks, not seven. Yeah, yeah. And um, I think actually it makes sense to call this an album. I know we, we constantly have this debate about what's a playlist, what's an album, blah, well, blah, blah. Well, he said that it was going to be the third EP in the series. Yeah. And frankly, he then sort of seemed to suggest that it's mainly Spotify algorithms. This is the blot on the copybook that I guess we'll have to get out of the way straight away because for someone who is so conceptual and so you know like like i guess streamlined and determined how he delivers music and keep in mind Trent Reznor was like the guy who was picked to be like the, the head of beats music which was then bought by apple music of course and that's basically what it became and Trent Reznor was involved for a little bit then but eventually he was like this corporate thing is bollocks i'm out and he left <laughs> so his relationship with them like he's always insane low that kind of stuff but i mean like ultimately yeah the pencil pushers and cupertino are not for him so <laughs> Basically, such an edge lord. <laughs> uh, he he essentially fucking brought out an EP called "Not the Actual Events" at the end of 2016. He said it'd be the first of three. We got "Ad Violence" last year around this time, I believe, mm-hmm. and now we get "Bad Witch." Which, for fans, for me, this is the third EP. This is the yeah. end of the trilogy. Um, I've put okay, what you're calling it. Mate. <laughs> I've done a playlist where I've got them all together and see see, see how they stack in together. Uh, but he's calling it an album primarily because number one, he's like, well, creatively it is, but and maybe it is, but we'll get there. But also very much a case of and I can understand his frustrations in this day and age if you go on to Spotify especially and you look for the last two EPs you gotta look for them you gotta like they're, they're listed under they're singles. classified as singles yeah, yeah so that they, they don't come up in the chronological order mm-hmm. um, so yeah I know it might not sound like a lot but in this fast paced world in which we're always flicking through shit you want your stuff to be as instantly accessible and consumable as possible so yeah unfortunately um, the system is what's <laughs> let him down but in, oh, fa- yeah. but in as per usual that is very on team um but in fairness to him, would he have not, if that was the case, would he not have realised that after the first EP? Do you know what I mean? Would he not have abandoned the whole thing, or is he just saving face? He's a busy guy, okay? He's got kids. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's not on Spotify constantly. Let's get to the album, guys. Okay. And once again, I mean, again, Big Nash Nails fan, like, you probably know that I liked it. I liked it. Spoiler alert. Um, it is different for them in, in, in some respects, especially because he picked up a saxophone. Yeah, the yeah. section stuff is uh, to, to my mind is that's the most impressive part of the record. Is, is, okay, well, how would you guys describe this album, just even as a general? Because it's it an is... album in three acts. Okay. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's just split two songs at a time. The f- openers, shit mirror, which sounds exactly like a nickname David give Black Mirror. Doesn't like, <laughs> I definitely they should call it shit mirror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the new Oscar Wilde. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they should call it smug mirror. Yeah. But you know, they're kind of very immediate and very aggressive. And then the last two tracks are like, they're certainly, they're slower and more expansive. I wouldn't necessarily say ponderous, but they're pensive, I suppose. Mm. Um, the middle two, yeah, for me, are the centerpiece of this album where it, it has been influenced heavily by David Bowie. We talked about God Break Down the Door on this show already. That's where, uh, those are the tracks where Trent is picking up the saxophone. That's where, I guess, there's a little bit of kind of searching for, you know, the right style. It's kind of restless. It's kind of moving about a lot, frankly, um, in the middle of the record. And yeah, like I say, I think that's probably the centerpiece of it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I mean, so the point that I made with the, the live show, I mean, for me, it was really strange listening to this album because, like, the live show play. He played three of these tracks, correct? Yeah, he did. Like one he after played another, right? Shipmer ahead of ourselves together, and they are they almost sound like one track because they flow so yes, seamlessly yeah. one and they're really aggressive, spiky, short. They sound yeah. like they were producing a fucking mine. And then, yeah, like God Break Down the Door, which was the single, which is the very kind of Bowie Black Star meets mm-hmm. Lost Highway, David Lynch stuff. Um, so yeah, he played those three in a row last night. Yeah, so like he here. played the three in them together, and of course, because I didn't know a huge amount of Nine Inch Nails before and afterwards, like I. 
pretty much I remember actually turning to you and going, these parts are incredible, like as a as one of the highlights of the live show, right? But then like listening to this, it was just really, really interesting because so Ahead of Ourselves has this vocal affectation that he does on this track, right? Where it's like a kind of a very cut, almost like blind cut like of his vocal and stuff. And it's overall very heavily modulated. He had a similar effect uh, on his voice for the live show, but it was miles better like miles better you could hear him like in this like really really intimate way um in the venue and I, like i was <laughs> it's like using my headphones and trying to turn it up with a very very final volume going like was it just the volume that made it better but it's actually the production choices that they made on the live show in my opinion are actually stronger than the production choices that he made in the record which is crazy and completely the other like side of what most people would probably probably do you know um, well i mean it's it's an interesting issue to bring up with this album actually because a lot of people have mentioned that like you know for the ultimate perfectionist which trent reznor very much was hmm. he was, <laughs> was, was. <laughs> that was the heaviest <laughs> was i've ever heard he's dead well, no, but, but this is, was so good this is it i mean like this record genuinely does seem very raw like there are bits of it that sound like they could be a demo and there are mm. bits of it that sound like they may very genuinely be unfinished in a deliberate sense. Yeah, of, yeah, of course. But, but Everything he does is but that, so and the, meticulous. And, and that, but that's what I'm saying. Like For a guy who was so meticulous of just spending months, if not years, crossing every T and dotting every I, there's very much a sense of maybe letting go a little bit on this record for this better his, or worse. Uh, do you think this is his yay? No, because I think it's... No, <laughs> Which he thinks sucks, by the no, way. Because I do, the I, you see, I, I do think this is a very deliberate sort of cutting loose, which to me sort of does undermine it a little bit. It, it's kind of like, you know, scheduling fun, yeah, so to speak. Yeah. It's just like, you know, it's not re- It's lost the spontaneity a little bit. Mm, I don't even know if it's really... I know what you're saying, but it's, it doesn't even feel like cutting loose that much to me. I actually think this is great. Uh, it makes sense to me that it's an album. It's got a very kind of clear narrative. Uh, he's talked a lot about um, the kind this kind of trilogy, and it's very much him being like, "Oh, I'm, I've got a loving family, and everything is going well." But what if that was all a lie, and like fucking everything I know about myself and the world is shit? <laughs> and this is basically him going, "Yeah, people are crap. Actually, uh, I was right all along. Nihilism <laughs> is the way to go." And I think Needless he to say, <laughs> I had the last laugh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like it opens with shit mirror, which is great. Like, but it's almost kind of a poppy, you know, nine inch by nine inch nail standards. Kind of, it's got the hand claps. It's got the kind of you know suicide ending. markers. Yeah, I mean, we've heard it kind of before, but when that sax pops up and then kind of pops up again and again and it suddenly becomes this very yes indebted to bowie thing um but which makes sense to me as well because of course he toured with him around the kind of time of like outside worked with him closely he was a mentor figure to him there's like flecks of black star i think it opens up a whole new palette um whilst Mm. he also kind of touches on a lot of his kind of greatest hits or you know hits all those marks um most of it worked for me. I'm not from this world is beautifully designed. I don't think I ever need to listen to it again. It sounds like, you know, that kind of mansion room in, you know, Twin Peaks from the last series where it's just kind of going, oh yeah, this is foreboding and did you feel happening. Did you feel scared and unnerved? I was a bit scared. <laughs> I was a bit scared. Um, and I think, yeah, like I'd play the goddamn part um, which just instantly reminds me of play the fucking note from Father Dead. <laughs> <laughs> I like that kind of imploding thing um, with like the sax and everything like that. Um, and it closes really, really strongly. I think Over and Out is... It's it's now near the top of my favourite Nine Inch Nails songs from what I know of their stuff. I think it's a Whoa. fantastic song and it's one of the songs of the year for me. Okay. So yeah, I think it's a very good album. I kind of enjoyed the last song, I must say. The one issue that I have is that it sounded like a grand closing 
for an album that was maybe not grand enough <laughs> to be closed in that manner. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. I feel like it was the conclusion of an epic journey that maybe I hadn't really been on. And I wonder if it's simply that the record's too short. I wonder if it's just the fact that, you know, and I mean, as well, like, Over and Out is, what, seven and a bit minutes of the 30-minute runtime? I wonder if it's just the fact that after 20-odd minutes, you're kind of thinking, okay, this, this is a bit much, mm. given what we've had, you know what I mean? But maybe it works in the context of being the third closing EP of three EPs. <laughs> oh. Yeah, no, 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 that is entirely possible. And I agree with what Craig said as well, though, that, like, the fact that there is that narrative arc would kind of encourage me to kind of call this an album in and of itself. Yeah. The thing is that, yeah, I'm, I'm just not sure that... I'm not sure, basically, that the start and finish truly worked. I, fe- I feel as though they had to form a certain purpose because of the middle stages of the album being this sort of uh, explore- exploratory period, so to speak, yeah. that where like the openers are very upfront and very straight and the closers are very expansive, albeit in sort of like fairly set ways and set ideas yeah. that, you know, the middle bits are kind of like where the where the meat of it is for me, I guess. Mm. What you need is a 25-track Drake album. That's what you need. And then come back to us about length. <laughs> Um, okay, are we doing scores? Well, I, I guess, uh, real quick, I should okay. offer something. Uh, as, the, <laughs> as the resident Nine Nails fan in the room, uh, it's very uh, good, I think, for lack of a much better word. Good. It's very good. good. I think it's fucking... That's why he's a journalist, no, not a blogger, folks. <laughs> I think it's very warm in this room. Uh, it's 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 slightly unexpected, I guess, that Reznor has kind of found new strings to his bow at the age of 53 and being like a happily married family man and all this kind of stuff sure. that he still cares as much as he does and he's still determined to go out there and keep searching. I love that. Um, and I do think that he... It's not just rehashing. It's not just, here's another Slayer album. Yeah. Like, he's trying. The guy is genuinely... That's like, very true. He's always talking about how, like, you know, the bar feels, like, lesser and lesser these days. I've, and- e- I've even heard somebody suggesting that he's almost... Like, he's trying too hard in that... Like, well, no, but in that, people... Like, he kind of talked about it, you know, like, I'm just going to go crazy and throw some sax over. People were like, he's clearly worked so hard on playing saxophone. He just sounds good now. And so it doesn't <laughs> sound wild. It just sounds like a man playing the saxophone. Yeah, you could see even like a jazz bar. Like, yeah, just like um, it's yeah, obsessing. That could be uh, maybe last night after the gig. Like we, we just didn't go into the right pub in Amsterdam, and he was there in the corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> so, Shades on. Yeah, yeah. No, like I, I love this, and I and I love the context of the three things together. And I have listened to them back to back, and I've done a bit of a Craig every now and then, where I'm like, you can definitely kind of take your composite sure. parts and put them together if you wish to, and you can create one fucking incredible record. But like overall, the project I think has been a success, even if delivery wise, it's a bit of you know, it's it's a bit of shame that for whatever reason it kind of didn't have the full scope of the vision I think the, f- sco- the scope of the vision is realised in the music though yeah. and I think he sounds more vital than ever uh, it's 8.5 out of 10 for me I'd give it 8.5 yeah yeah, I, I, I feel like I've, I'm coming at this from a really weird direction, which is absolutely unhelpful for anybody listening, because it feels like I've listened to the album, and then they've released the demo tracks, and then I'm listening to that instead. So, like, I'm completely used to say anybody. I'll give it a seven, um, but, like, I would, just say, seven. I would say anybody listening, just you can't really take my thing into account, because I came from a totally different angle that only people in the show but also yesterday one that you, But one that you, like, like, very much enjoyed, and, like, you have your yeah, own kind of yeah. new... Yeah, completely, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I will definitely see them live again, that's for fucking sure. But you will never listen to a recorded song compares ever again. From noted (laughs) under-producer Trent (laughs) Uh, Reznor. 7 out of 10 for me. Uh, Great at the heart of the record. Tough crowd. Um, Rest of it, not as strong, but uh, worth it for that middle part alone. 
And now it's time for some songs of the week. Um, we will begin. Uh, well, let's do the numbers game, will we? Um, Dahi, seeing as you're a guest, along with Dave, apparently. Hello. Give us a number there. Uh, I'll I'll use the number of the people in the room. Number four, please. <laughs> <laughs> you conceptual it'd be, genius. It'd be, it'd, be, it'd be great if I said five and I was like, who the yeah. fuck is the fuck? Oh, <laughs> the ghost. <laughs> Dahi's bringing the funk. It's Chic featuring Big Nansa, Kasha, and Muramasa. <laughs> Yeah, that was the official single from Sheik's first album in a long while. It's Till the World Falls, and it sounds a lot like Sheik, guys. The dance floor is apparently the safest place to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just the whole idea behind this track is just mental. Like, there's an entire line where they're going like, you know, when the world is falling apart, we're just going to keep dancing. And it's like a little too close to the mark, I think, for everybody, right? Stepping on Colleen Minogue's country issues as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But Britney, Britney oh, yeah. did literally have a single called Keep On Dancing Till the World Ends, didn't she? Um, Till the World That's a good tune. Like, yeah. Anyway, uh, this uh, does sound like chic. You're dead right. Um, <laughs> Shocking. Anderson <laughs> Pack is actually Co-wrote. in the writing credits yeah. here. Um, yeah. And you can, you can kind of hear the crossover. Um, I think, you know, like, I like Vic Mensa, friend of the show, Vic Mensa. Friend of the show. Um, yeah. I, I, I like him. He's, he's obviously. <laughs> I like the guy. No, no, no. He's a nice like, guy. He sounds, he sounds good here. Great even, guy. Even, even, even though he's talking about nothing. He's like, definitely I mean, him and, and, of course, the, the signature and Al Rogers guitar is the two strongest yeah. things out of this, right? That guitar needs to be fucking, like, thrown to a skip. No, it doesn't. Well, hey, Boy, Dave, that. look, he's Christ. back from the grave to record this song. <laughs> yeah, I guess it, it's a miracle, but yeah. I don't need to hear Get Lucky shite ever again. Um, Calypso yeah, the more, the more massive thing is weird. It looks like Muramasa was slotted in here to kind of add some sort of cool points, but where the hell is he on the record? There's not one, like, also, production Kosh, Kosh sound that like him. Am I right? Yeah, Dublin's own. That's just... Kosh yeah. now, yeah. <laughs> Dublin's own. You're dead. You're right, actually. Yeah, oh, wait, she's so from Kosh, Dublin. Kosh is Bonsai. Yeah, yeah. 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 Really? Yeah. yeah. I think she's based in London at the moment. Yeah, she changed her name, like... Yeah. Literally in the last couple of months, yeah. Yeah, I think she crazy. she dropped a track with Rostam as well. I think you're right. Yeah, um, yeah, I think, I think so. So yeah, things go yeah. well. Dahi D- D- looks so confused. <laughs> yeah, right yeah. Jeez, I'm yeah. Get her on the pod. Yeah. yeah, there's way more here to talk about than I thought there was. Tell you what, because right? I, <laughs> I thought it was just pure garbage. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not. Like, I mean. It's, it's not great. It's Song of the Summer Territory, isn't it? Oh, as in, five like, years on really from Get Lucky, it's no Get Lucky. <laughs> well, no, oh, absolutely <laughs> not. But as in, like, you know, you throw this on a compilation album or something. No, like, it's, or, it's, it's also it's, <laughs> it's, a summer no, no, no. Do what compilation is, albums even exist anymore? What it is, is it's sinkable as fuck. It's going to be honest, like a Pepsi ad uh, in about yeah. like, a month. And that is going to completely annoy us forever. That's that's what's going to happen. Uh, yeah, I do really think, sinkable. yeah, like Vic Mensa is talking about nothing, but he's really kind of doing it like, Com- like he's committed to it oh, you know, he doesn't he phone it in in front of him he sounds yeah, good yeah. so yeah that's the bright spark okay another number please Dave our guest number five this is <laughs> of course <laughs> it is Corey Taylor singing on some stuff if you can call it that it's called Orange Oh, come in, I'm 
Yeah, that was Code Orange. Sound of the summer. Corey Taylor <laughs> with The Hunt. Um, NXT's favourite band, Code Orange. Uh, Code Orange, if anyone who doesn't know, they're kind of the new hipster metal band du jour, uh, I guess. Kind of like taking up that deaf heaven mantle for being a pitchfork-friendly metal band. Uh, used to be called Code Orange Kids, signed to Roadrunner there a little while ago. Appeared in NXT. Triple H went to their midnight rehearsal before they played at some uh, takeover a while ago. And yeah, they make this kind of music. It's weird. I feel feel like I should love it more than I do. Uh, Converge man Kurt Ballou, who does incredible production work on Converge Records and other ones, has worked with them almost extensively. Um, and it's strange. I mean, like, I guarantee, okay, first of all, Teenage Dave would fucking worship this band. Yeah, sure. Absolutely would. Uh, not teenage Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for that. I was like, <laughs> kind of grown up Dave. Yeah, 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 yeah. Slightly less teenage Dave. Uh, likes it. I don't know what I'm missing with these guys. All the elements are there, and I should love it. Uh, however, I do like this track. I think it's pleasingly deranged. Uh, I Corey Taylor is in Slipknot Mask mode, as opposed to Stone Sarah Bullshit mode. And it has a little reference to the film Seven at the end with a sample of uh, uh, yeah. dialogue from the film. Uh, I thought Corey Taylor sounded... Good. Like uh, he's, he's kind of sounded, he sounded kind of old school though in the That's bits. That's the thing. He yeah. Debut album. It, I think it was not, like his interjections were nice, uh, and this was a bit of fun. <laughs> nice. It's a bit. Do you know what you were saying? Like it's a bit you know wild and all over the place, but not enough for me to be honest. Really, it, felt it changes a bit up. It's fucking generic. Yeah, this, all the the time. I like the, the shift. The shift yeah. works for me, but the re- like the first two or three minutes I'm like oh. I, I kind of agree with that the yeah. first the first kind of half of that is fairly boring and like even just down to guitar tone and stuff I've, yeah. mo- I've heard so many more metal bands actually have a better guitar tone and stuff and then I mean I, the, that, the skipping at the very at the halfway through the track it starts it starts exploring this production idea of like the like the cut up thing to make it sound like guitar like chugging as well yeah. but um, I th- while I think that's a good idea I don't think it really um, uh, they, they they executed it well if you know what I mean it didn't really feel like they actually did it any justice at all. Didn't like the track at all. <laughs> yeah, Come, not a huge fan actually. Uh, <laughs> as, as it happens, I mean, I mean, I, I, I half agree with Dave. It's deranged, all right. Just not sure about the pleasantly. Uh, <laughs> not deranged. <laughs> no. Not deranged. No, it's ranged. corporate. Right. Uh, yeah, Sea Dog. Give me a one, a two, or a three. Uh, give me a one, please. Okay, it's um, the pairing we've all been waiting for. It's the return of Cheryl Crow, and she's brought Annie Clark with her. That was uh, wouldn't want it's been to one be one hell of a week for singles. Huh? It's been really, yeah. really um, knocking them out of the park today. <laughs> one part <laughs> Mystique, one part kind of Robbie Williams doing rock DJ verses on it. No, it, a, it sounds like a Flight of the Concords comedy track, except not funny at all. Yeah. Like yeah. It, they, the weird delivery that she has is like the comedy singer like delivery. It's really right, strange. You're saying this follows in Amanda Palmer's footsteps and is a Harvey Weinstein song. Is that what this is? Uh, no, I think it's more Wall Street. And oh, okay. Yeah. Post truth era than, right. than Harvey Weinstein, but I mean, yeah, it, it 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 still is a protest song, albeit in sort of what pop rocker 
kind of like jaunty style. I grew up in a gaff where where Sheryl Crow albums were played, and I I guess developed a bit of a fondness for her. I think she's an an underrated. uh, Oh, that's true. I tend to agree. I think she's very good. Uh, Better than this. This this (laughs) yeah, yeah, this thing, and she's also responsible for one of the best Bond themes of all time, which Mm -hmm. Mar never dies. This is garbage. Uh, it's a waste of her talents, and St. Vincent is dragging it down like the anchor that she is. Well, actually, St. Vincent is not on this Annie Clark is. <laughs> I, don't oh, know, I don't know what yeah. the difference is, but genuinely, as in, no, but look, can anybody shed light on that? I don't know. Well, when I saw St. Uh, Vincent for the first time like, ever. Why would she work as Annie Clark? She opened than for Vincent Vincent the National back in the day. And yeah, was, I remember that. She was in very much timid folk singer mode. And then she's obviously gone into arch pop David Byrne mode. And it, by all accounts, Cheryl gave her a bell and was like, listen, I need your voice and your guitar on this. And she's like, yeah, I like the song. I'll do it. Yeah. Uh, you're not putting the same Vincent name anywhere near this. Maybe. Did Cheryl... <laughs> yeah. uh, did Cheryl get to like spend a hundred euro to pose with St. Vincent's guitar? Like, <laughs> did that happen? Um, the guitar, which... Sounds kind of alright in this, but it's very limited and out of place. And um, yeah, it's way out of place. She just starts shredding away, and you're just she's like, the new "Have prince, you heard the rest mate? of the song?" <clears throat> yeah, it's. It sounds like it could have been a hit about like twenty years ago, but no one cares about this kind of pop rock anymore, so it's not going to be a hit. So it's just yeah, as Dave said, a waste of time. Absolutely waste of time. Um, finally, Dahi, uh, you've two choices, two or you've one choice, right? Really. Choice, choice between yeah. two and three. Uh, I'm gonna go for two, please. Okay, it's Gorillas. They're back, 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 back with Snoop and Jamie Principal. This is Hollywood. With a big fat chain on my neck Little did they know, no sweat So I dimmed out, rimmed out, and cracked the glass 25 pounds, can you match that bag? Cause if not, raise up I got a deal to make And a couple bad bitches I've been making the break Waking the bank I put the cake on the plate Jealousy you me Yeah, so I think this is the fifth single They've released thus far from the, the now now they think they are? Something it's, like that, yeah No, um, no I, I, it was an intentional They've done a single a week Yeah Since they first announced I think they did with humans last yeah. time around I'm not sure if I like that kind and of rollout it's out today anyway so it's out now. You're not going to get any more. Of it. Haven't heard of it. Yeah, they did a kind of full live performance of, of it, which I didn't hear. Um, but by all accounts, it's kind of um, Damon Alburn, or 2D, mm-hmm. as he is in Gorillaz, mm-hmm. more front and centre, which was the thing that was sorely lacking from last year's record. That's true. Um, it was just there was kind of no focus and no centre point to it. So that would be a good correction. I kind of like this. I mean, it's very, very slow to kick off. Jamie Principal takes a while to gear up. Yeah. Um, I like Damon's parts. Uh, Snoop's always good on Gorilla stuff. It was fine. I liked I, it. Yeah. I think I think Snoop is particularly good on this. Yeah, track. He's, he's, yeah I'd he's say good. he would. Be, surprisingly enough, he's he's probably the best thing on this track. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it was okay. Yeah, it was, it was pretty good. And um, you can hear the kind of West Coast production. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I quite like it. I mean, it's hard to know just how heavyweight or otherwise the Gorilla's record is going to be um, because. You know, this is, I mean, fairly lightweight, I suppose, in terms of subject matter, particularly given that on humans they tried to at least sort of, uh, you know, address some larger issues, so to speak. We've kind of had summer jams and stuff from this one so far. Um, But it's okay. I'm down. The the signs are good. Um, Dave, what do you think? Meh. 
<laughs> You've heard one song by Gorillaz, you heard them all. <laughs> That's patently not That's true. That's Considering they're completely different artists yeah, on yeah. every track. If anything, they're not cohesive enough. <laughs> I knew I, I knew that. that, that Alright, let's, let's let's move I on. I just don't get it, man. It's not for me. <laughs> right. On Melancholy Hill is great. Okay, yeah, that's very true. Um something that is for Dave. One Republic are back. Thank God. Ryan Tedder. <laughs> yes. Um the man with the Midas touch. The Has he tedder. done it again? This is connection. Couple dollars now and I ain't trying to chase it Kids from Oklahoma, man, we don't waste it I'm just trying to paint the picture for me Something I could give a damn about in maybe 40 years And I've been ready and willing and able to edit the story Cause there's so many people here to be so damn lonely has done it again <laughs> he has written a song for the radio again and it's not as good as apologize it's now 11 years since apologize i think 11 years really yeah it's almost they too will, late they will never <laughs> apologize oh uh, a tune that Cullum can't get on board with but craig and i are hey. i love it i think it's a masterpiece fist bump craig not Absolute masterpiece. Not so, uh, and this? Not a masterpiece. Uh, overproduced, overloud. Uh, it's it feels like a bottle of sunny delight smashed all over American <laughs> airwaves. I feel like I've heard it so many times before. Like there was yeah. like the, the, the Lucas Graham a few years ago, and Jason Mraz a few years before that, and like all the way back to like nineteen nineties fucking summer radio hit. To me, I think this sounds really like Taylor Swift's like kind of nineteen eighty nine yeah, kind of been, level of yeah, stuff. Yeah, I mean, you know what? Yeah, like the one interesting thing here is because obviously Ryan Tedder does a lot of work as a songwriter and a mm-hmm. producer outside of One Republic stuff. If you purely just took the like melodic hook from this and then just gave it to someone else completely yeah. and yeah, said, yeah. right, turn this into whatever, a dance pop number. Yeah. Might it work? Sure. Because yeah. there is a hook there. But instead it's just it sounds so generic that I'm just like I I, I don't know, I can't imagine wanting to hear this song. I'd imagine it'll do well. Well right. Yeah. Um, and I think like Brian Tedder's been like this is you know going to be our summer jam and then we'll release another single which we expect to do even better numbers in a couple of months so <laughs> it's just like part of the strat um, <laughs> is that an advertising term that you learn in your master's course strat part of the strat yeah okay. um, he's got a single minded proposition he's got his core insight and he's good to go <laughs> he's all set and he has interrogated the product until it spoke <laughs> and ultimately it spoke things I didn't really want to hear so uh, have you guys listened to anything else this week I listened to the Code Orange EP because it was an EP. It was a surprise three-track release, and it's perfectly fine. Uh, Maroon 5's Three Little Birds. Um, Again. Oh, it's God, it's all off the World Cup. thing right? that I've heard more than anything else, to be I've honest. Still never I heard think it. I've heard the song more than I've seen goals during this World Their Cup. Their tribute to Bob Marley with Hyundai, is it? Yeah, Hyundai, yeah. Holy shit, lads. Did you get that photograph I sent in the group chat? The the, the, the poster I saw? Oh, just like, of like three different oh, versions. Oh, the reggae thing. It was, like, it was like five reggae gigs taking oh, yeah. place in Amsterdam. And it was like, it was of like all places. one of the days was <laughs> Marley family. One of the days trip. was Damien Marley, and then the next night it's Ziggy Marley. I was like, "Are you fucking joking?" And then two nights later, it was the Whalers. The Whalers. The Whalers. <laughs> it was the There was no Natty Whaler. No, or whatever. the Whaler. Yeah. Natty no, the Whaler no, wasn't no, there. Dodge no. dude that rocked up on Irish shores like twenty years ago and has made a fine career out of still meeting here. Bob Marley once. Yeah. Um, I've. Oh, sorry. Yeah. 
No, he tell us all. Sorry, sorry, Go sorry. Uh, no, I, I've been listening almost exclusively to that um, Sophie record. It's very, it's very, really very, good, very good, isn't it? Yeah, it was yeah, fucking excellent. Really and then also, um, I went back again on the John Hopkins record because he played for Body and Soul and completely wiped to the floor with everybody there. It was just incredible as well. So he's got a Vicar Street day coming up, which I'm looking he forward to. He has, he has, he has. Craigo. Well, speaking of saxophone, um, 10 minutes ago, Kamashi Washington's album yeah. is only two and a half hours long, and oh, it's yeah. great. That's really good. I've just had it on in the background as I've been writing bits and bobs, and it's you know typically, like I love his Coltrane meets Sun Ra vibe, so it's just kind of accessible, but still pushing the envelope jazz. It's a yeah. good entry point if you're not that into jazz for jazz. Is he in um, soon as well, or have we just missed him? I'm not sure. I don't know. Um, and also Rolling Blackouts Coastal Fever have we talked about them before Um, Melbourne Band they're kind of like a cross between the go-betweens and the war on drugs their album's just dropped which is Hope Downs um, and it's really really good I think they're playing Wheelands in August and I'm gonna go because they're very good so right, time for you to wrap up the show host Uh, yeah it's time for some exit music Um, and this week we have proper micro NV Um, it's the alias of 23 year old songwriter and producer Rory Hall that's landing today dot 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 on Strange Brew label. Um, it's the first Brew! taste. Strange Brew, yeah. Strange Brew, Shout out to Googie. And fine label it is too. It's the first taste of new, new music from Proper Micro and this, this guy year. Was, I think this guy was described by Dave Hanready as theatrical noise wave when he saw him in Heroes <laughs> oh. last year. Oh, wow. Oh, All right. Is that in the... Thing that it I'm didn't reading. make it into the press release somehow. <laughs> I think I described it as Rory's really great. He's, he's checking it. to watch for hot press yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's well, doing more and more live shows and stuff as well. He's definitely Yeah, there's a lot of dates coming up. There's I'm, a fresh here, collection. I'm going to give him a wrestling oh, nickname right on. now off the top of my head. The Avant-Garde Avalanche. <laughs> Proper <laughs> Micro NV. Perfect. Perfect. Exit the show, Craig, with the, uh, with the dialogue for the off. show exiting. Come, co-host... It's been a pleasure as always. And a special shout out to our guests this Aww. week. Dahi, as always. Thank you and very Dave, much. Dave, uh, a startling debut. Thanks, guys. Will <laughs> you be back? We will see. I hope so. <laughs> he really made himself at home. Well, considering you went to check his phone instead of actually oh. coming back and fixing something up, maybe you won't. Like, you know? <laughs> Tying my shoes during Professionalism the Professionalism is, is at an all time low right here because of the okay. fucking heat. His name is Craig Fitzpatrick. Thank you. <laughs> this has been an encore. There will not be an encore. <laughs> and here is the avant garde avalanche of truth. Proper micro NV. Yes.
This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. The been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.